Good morning, brothers and sisters. I think it's kind of humorous that the Lord has this gospel today, not only for Father's Day, but also because of the topic I wanted to preach on. I wanted to talk with you about this for a couple of months now, but obviously with the holy seasons and the solemnities, it didn't really have an opportunity. So, so this 11th Sunday in ordinary time, which we're kind of done with all the great solemnities for a little while, was the first opportunity to bring it up. And I just thought it would be good to talk about finances, parish finances today. But of course, this would be the gospel that says, without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. Great, so it's like he doesn't want me talking about money. But that's okay, I'm in charge here, Lord. So, I don't usually preach on money. I'm not really concerned or worried about money. I kind of follow Maximilian Kolbe and Mother Teresa's mindset. God's got all the money in the world. He'll provide what is needed. But it is important since as your pastor, I have to be the one to administer the funds and take care of the property and and everything in regards to St. Dorothy's. And I'm not very good at this personally. I had no specific training, but we have a great finance council. We have always had good finance councils since I've been here, and they've taught me much of what I understand about budgeting and expenditures and things like this. But I wanted to talk to you about this in particular because there have been, for quite some time, some needs that we have here at St. Dorothy's, you know, structurally. Some things we need to work on, improve, change, add, and of course, that changes the budget, that changes the financial position of the parish. But this need is even more pressing for this reason. Because normally, I figure we can just take however many years we need and just slowly build on and work on these things. However, and I don't think it's official yet, so I won't tell you the exact reasons for it, but in a, less than a year's time, Bishop Jugas is going to put a 10-year kibosh on all parish fundraising because there's going to be a diocesan one, a capital campaign for the diocese. And when the bishop shares, you'll understand why, and I think there's a good reason, so I'm not worried about it. But that means we won't be able to do any major renovations or work here at St. Dorothy's at all during that time period. So we'd have to put off any plans, any hopes that we have. Now, there's a very small window, a very small window. So basically in the next month or two, if we can get a plan to the bishop, and we've been working on this for months, before the official diocesan campaign is initiated, we could be exempt from the diocesan campaign, which means all the money we would raise during those 10 years that would have gone to the diocesan plan can actually go to ours. So I thought that makes it even more pressing to talk about some of these concerns. Ultimately, the decision is yours because you're the donor class of St. Dorothy's. I mean, you're the ones, this is your parish, you provide for the upkeep, for the needs, for the good of St. Dorothy's. So I just have to present to you the situation, the needs, and then ultimately you need to pray and think about it. And yes, I have the final say, so to speak, but it's your money. So we're gonna do what you want with it. So typically our budget is around $450,000 a year. That's typically around what we budget. And even for this year, that was a little over, just, just under 460000 But this year's budget that the Finance Council put together with my approval is going to be 
and $14,000 more than that, which is a lot for St. Dorothy's. That's not a drop in the bucket. But I want to explain to you why I've set this year's budget, this, this fiscal year's budget, with $114,000 surplus. Some of it is absolute necessity. Some of it is to test to see if we can have some building projects. Because if so, for example, I added 36 extra thousand dollars to this year's budget just for savings on buildings projects. Now, if you know anything about budgeting and everything, we might not reach that, that's fine. It's just there to set a goal for ourselves. And the reason it's there is because I'm hoping, let's say we do some project here at St. Dorothy's and we have a loan we have to pay down, well, maybe we're gonna be paying $3,000 a month for that loan. If that's the case, can we save $3,000 a month for the next year just to see how well we do. I mean, if we can't even do that, obviously we can't get out a loan that would have that amount of due each month. So it's kind of a test for us as St. Dor Dorothy's to see if we can do that. So initially added to the budget was an extra $36,000 for this year just to see if we can save for building projects and loan payments, so to speak. So it's just theoretical, but that's 36,000 extra dollars. All but two of our air conditioning units that serve the parish are over 10 years old, and they usually have about a 10-year lifespan, which means we're going to need to start replacing them. And they go for around $15,000 each. So I added an extra $15,000 to this year's budget. Again, just because what if one breaks down, we need to have the money ready to purchase that. So again, and if that happened, I could always just talk to you in the moment, but the idea of budgeting is to be fiscally responsible and to do your best to always be prepared for whatever can come. Now, ultimately, we trust God and, and don't worry about the future, but we always try to do our best. Let's see. Our monthly diocesan assessment has increased for this coming fiscal year by $10,000. So again, that's an extra $10,000 from the monthly assessment of the diocese. So we've got the 36, the 15, 10,000. Every Catholic parish who has children going to Catholic schools gives a subsidy to help defray the cost of those students in those schools. And for us who have parishioners, children going to St. Michael's and Gastonia, it's $2,000 a child that the parish helps support that Catholic education. So typically, or recently, we've just had one child there, but it looks like next year it's gonna be $10,000 from St. Dorothy's because we're having more children go, which is good. That's, that's not a problem, it's just another expense we have to consider, so another $10,000 on top of that. Now, I, I didn't know about this, I didn't vote on this one, so please don't blame me, but all of the priests of the diocese got a raise this year. So, I have nothing to do with that, I didn't ask for it, I don't even know how much it is, you know, so, so please, I, I, it just happened. I, I think we hadn't gotten a raise in quite a while, so that's why they added it in this year. But again, it's an additional expense. Another thing is, if we do get a, a full-time deacon here at St. Dorothy's, that's also an extra $15,000 if that happens. So again, I'm just giving you the numbers. You can imagine where the extra $114,000 is coming from. Another expense, and I guess this will be an announcement for many of you that you don't know, is Meg Barrett is beginning her retirement, let's just say. So she's, she's been our DRE forever, since before my time. She's amazing, of course, but 
She's wanting to step back. She's still going to, for the next year, work on Sundays with the children. But she's stepping back from her role, and so we're going to have to get somebody in that position. In fact, I already have, but I'll explain that. So that's, that's something that has happened. And then Kelly Davenport, who's been running our media and outreach, so website, video recording the masses, putting them on YouTube, all of these things. And she's great. If you know our website and Facebook and all that, she does an amazing job. So she is also retiring or stepping back from that work. Both of those were part-time positions. And Kelly, a lot of the work that she did was just pro bono. As a parishioner, she was just doing a lot of it generously. But she did, we did pay her for some of it. So what I've done is I've hired one extra full-time employee to do both of those jobs. Since they're part-time jobs, we've mashed them together. And I'll announce that at another time. But again, that's a slightly extra expense. Two part-time workers is cheaper than one full-time worker, but not by much. But I think it would just be prudent to, to have one person take this as a full-time position. So that's what I've done. So that's an extra expense. Let's see if I'm missing anything. Okay, those are all the big expenditures for this coming fiscal year. Again, the, the big thing I've added that is not really a necessity is the $36,000, just to save up to see if we could pay down a loan in the future. So that's, that's the only thing that I'm not really worried about. If we don't make it, we don't make it, that's life. But the goal is to try to be able to raise that extra $3,000 a month to prove to ourselves that if we have a building project, we can accomplish it. So I just wanted to give you, at first and foremost, the budget and the figures, the money, What's going on there? Now, what are some of the reasons why we want to have a building projects? So there's a bunch of little things that I'll mention, but I'll just begin with kind of the big and more important issues. Obviously, we need better bathrooms here at St. Dorothy's. You know, those two bathrooms, they work, but they don't work very well. So we need proper, handicap accessible, larger bathrooms. We've always needed that. It's nothing new. So honestly, I think that's a big deal. I, but to do that, that's a major expenditure, to add those on, because it'd have to be in addition to the church property. We, we can't really turn what we have into anything manageable for useful bathrooms on that scale. So to add bathrooms, that's a big expense. Again, that would be a building project. So it's something we have to do. We need more office space. Obviously, with more employees, we just need more office space, and it's getting crowded over there in the log cabin. So that's another building project. Whether we do some type of renovation and change current space into office space or build, either way, it's going to be an expense. Another thing, number three, is I've been wanting to live here at St. Dorothy's ever since I was made pastor. For me, my preference as a priest is always to live on the church campus. It's not that bad an idea. And there's no reason to cry about it. She's not happy with that. She doesn't like that. They say distance makes the heart grow fonder. I don't know. But, so I live just a few more miles in town, obviously. And it's not that big a deal for me. But in my years as a priest, I've always preferred to live on campus. One, it's just more convenient. But I have more access to you and you to me. I can watch over the church grounds and property. There's a lot of benefit to that. But it, it is something I've wanted. It's not an absolute necessity. Again, that's not a big deal. Bathrooms, office space, far more important. But if we're going to be doing all of these things and have a building project, could we add that on? Is that a possibility for us at St. Dorothy's? So again, a new rectory here. Now, the good thing about me moving here, at least potentially, is 
since we own the property, the house where I live in Lincolnton, we could sell that and use all of that money for any type of projects we, we have. So that's, that's a good asset that we have. Now again, we have to get the bishop's permission for all of this, but in the end, you know, if, if we've got a plan, if we can prove to him that we can do it, he's gonna give permission, that's not a problem. So again, bathrooms, office space, rectory, those are kind of big ticket items. Something else, a really big thing that many people have asked for is an adoration chapel. They want a perpetual, you want a perpetual adoration chapel. I think that would be amazing. I fully support it. But again, expenditure. Do we take some of our already limited space here at St. Dorothy's and turn that into an adoration chapel? We're going to lose classrooms if we do that. Or do we build another small structure, like, you can, like a little portsioncola chapel or something, dedicated as a for adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, 24-7, so you can go and adore our Lord. That would be amazing. So again, that's been a great desire, but that, again, is something we have to consider in regards to our, uh, our finances. Another desire has been a covered pavilion here at St. Dorothy's. You know how when we have parish activities outside, festivals, whatever it may be, a lot of times we just clear the parking lot and use the parking lot. But the problem is then you don't have anywhere to park. So you park in the grass and in other spots. So if we turn part of the property into a big covered pavilion, we could have outdoor masses out there, we could have outdoor meals out there, picnics, you know, whatever it is. And a great idea someone gave was to, if we do some of these things simultaneously, to have the Adoration Chapel as connected to the pavilion. And so if we have outdoor masses in which the whole parish is gathered, we can just open the doors to the Adoration Chapel and that can be the sanctuary and then everybody could be seated, good weather or bad weather, under this large pavilion. Again, it's a great idea. It's wonderful. I think we would definitely want it. But again, it's, it's about the money. You know. So um, let's see what else. So the pavilion, adoration chapel. We could use certainly some kitchen upgrades, those of you who've worked in our kitchen. And if you're really generous, we could actually build a proper kind of industrial kitchen. But that's ridiculously expensive. I don't necessarily recommend that. I mean. Other things are more important than that yet. Uh, the flooring in the classrooms needs to be replaced. I already talked about the bathrooms. I'd like to add some more audiovisual upgrades. So obviously the sound system is totally new here in the church and we have the ability to, to live stream on the internet, but I'd like to add some of those same capabilities in the baptistry and in the hall so that for baptisms or for events in the hall, we can actually record very well with audio and video. So again, that. That's not necessary, but it's just a nice thing to consider. It would be a nice ability to have that. Um, another thing that, honestly, between you and me, and I almost don't want to point it out to you, has bothered me since I got here, is the drop ceiling, <laughs> right? It, it always seemed a little overly simplistic for a church. Never really liked it. I'd love to redo the ceiling, you know? I'd love to refinish all of the pews. No, I'm not planning on adding cushions, sorry. Maybe, maybe we raise enough money, but at least refinishing the, the, um, the pews, that's another nice idea, not a necessity, but something that would beautify the sanctuary and the worship space. Let me see if I'm missing anything that I wrote down. Oh yes, no, one big thing I've been wanting to do for some time is uh, renovate the entryway to the church. Obviously from the outside, St. Dorothy's doesn't look much like a church. I mean, let's just be honest. Inside, it's beautiful, thanks be to God and to Father Bittner, who was here before me. 
but outside it doesn't look that much of a church. I thought if we redo the entryway, we could make it look, look a little more churchy, you know, maybe put some nice wooden doors on the front instead of the glass ones. We could have kind of a covered patio-like area out there, even walkways so that in bad weather you wouldn't have to kind of run to the doors. You could just run underneath the, the, the patio. I'd also like, again, potentially, that area right outside the front door when you're leaving on the right where you see the statue of the Sacred Heart is to basically have a nice patio area there in a grotto so we can gather outside and have a comfortable spot to gather and talk and share in good weather and if it's covered in bad weather too. So we're not all stuck crammed in the baptistry or in the foyer. So again, these are just ideas and plans, some of them necessary, some of them dreams that would be good to get done if we can. The reason that this, any of it is pressing at all is because if we don't get a plan approved by the bishop in the next few months, couple months, then basically we're not going to do anything for over 10 years. And any money we would have raised during those 10 years to help with our building projects would have gone to the Dossison building project. So what I'm trying to do, just don't tell the bishop, is if we can get this in and approved before the official campaign is launched by the diocese, then we're basically exempt from the diocesan campaign, which means all the money we raise at that time will just benefit us in these projects that we need to do. That's like really good. That's like a really good idea. So I just want you to know what's on my mind and heart and ultimately any decisions I have to make, where they're coming from and financially. So that's just the technical aspect of all of this. But it is important that I speak a little bit about the nature of giving. So, and some, one of the parishioners last night pointed something out to me that I, I did not know, but it makes perfect sense, I should have known this. He said that basically the patron saint of money and of, you know, raising money and things like that is Saint Joseph, which is awesome because it's Father's Day and he's the father of the Holy Family. It makes sense that as the head of the Holy Family, Joseph was the main one responsible for providing for the needs of Mary and Jesus. He was the main one responsible for that as the head of the Holy Family. So it makes sense that he would be the intercessor for these kind of causes. So let's all start doing a novena to St. Joseph for that intention. Let's just entrust any plans, any desires that we have for our parish to him. That out of the way. Obviously, all of this talk of money is really not a good time economically in our culture. Things aren't looking good if you're alive in the United States right now, economically. So the idea of talking about more money or, or you know, for building projects is, this is just a terrible time to do it. I agree, I agree 100%. So even if we can't get all of those ideas in the works, maybe we can just get at least one of them in the works and it'll still help us by accomplishing that project within the next 10 years. Ideally, that, that really needs to happen much sooner rather than later. So again, I don't expect us to raise, you know, 10 million, it would be awesome, but $10 million in the next six months to a year, and then we could do absolutely everything we want. I, I really don't think all that's going to cost 10 million. I'm just saying that would be easy to do if we had 10 million. So we're already under a lot of pressure and stress economically in our own homes, with our own families, in your own jobs. So this is not a good time to, to consider asking for more money from you. 
I, I know that. What I can give you is the Catholic tradition on giving and let you know that following this teaching, which comes from God, will actually help you financially at home. Now, there is a heresy among Christians called the prosperity gospel. That's what we call it, at least. It's a heresy. The idea is this. The preacher gets up and says, the more money you give to St. Dorothy's, the more money God's going to give you. That's a lie. That's not how it works. Sorry. Yes, in some rare, extraordinary cases, the more generous somebody is with God, the more money they get in some other fashion. But that's not how things work. Generosity, or gift giving, or as we call it, tithing to the church, has nothing to do with you getting more money. Do you know what it has to do with theologically and according to the scriptures? It has to do with you keeping 90%. Let me explain what I mean. The Bible says that if you do not tithe to the Lord, then the 90% he lets you keep is not going to be enough to meet your needs. The imagery that the Bible uses, of course, this is before pocketbooks and wallets, was that you would carry your money, your coins around in a purse, like a little drawstring bag. And the Lord says, if you do not give my tithe to me, to the temple of God, to the house of God, then it's like walking around with a hole in your purse. You're going to lose the coins that you thought you were protecting. So you're not going to have 90% to take care of all of your needs. You're going to have much less, and therefore, you're going to struggle. Basically, what our Lord is saying is, if you give me 10%, since everything you have is mine, I'm letting you keep 90. Letting you keep 90%. You give me my tithe, my 10%, and I will make sure that that 90% takes care of everything that you need. You don't give me my tithe, and I give you no promises. You are on your own. And that 100% that now won't be enough for you. Now, this is a, a challenge in faith for each one of us. Do I trust the Lord enough to give him 10%? And, and I've said this before. Let's just say your, your faith is not strong enough. This is just too much for you. 10% is like out of just, just too much. Because honestly, what does the government take? 50-some percent on the dollar? Certainly over 40%. Did you know that? Every dollar you earn, the government takes over 40% of it. That's insane. And then the church wants to tack on another 10%. Well, let's get this straight. God has always said give 10%. The government, that's a separate issue. <laughs> okay? So even if you only have after 45% from the government and 10% from the church, 45% of your own money left over, God says don't worry, it'll be enough. I'll make sure it provides for all your needs. And when I had a I almost said a real job. This is a real job. But when I had a job that wasn't religious in nature, and I worked and got a paycheck, what I would do, because this is just how I was taught, I'd get that paycheck, I'd go to the bank, and I would deposit all but 10% of it, which I would take out in cash and seal in an envelope. Stick it in my pocket, and then that Sunday at Mass, I'd drop it in the collection plate. That was it. Just, I just did it. That way I was never tempted to spend it, never tempted to hold on to it. It never went into my account at all. It was just something that I did. It makes it easier for me. But during that time in which I was working and living in the world, I, I wonder how to say this without a double negative. I always had 
enough money to pay all of my bills, to meet all of my needs, and always some extra, you know, to like go out to dinner now and then or to the movies. So all of my needs were always taken care of, no matter the circumstances, even unexpected things. Like, you know, you, your, your car engine blows and you have to drop several thousand dollars on something. That, you know, I would have just saved up a little extra, you know, just that amount of money and then my car engine blows and, okay, perfect timing, thank you, Lord. And the money was there, I didn't have to worry about it. Now I, I wish I had saved more money, you know, but that's okay, the needs were taken care of. So this is what we're taught, is that we need to entrust our financial status to the Lord. The way we do that is by following his financial, I wouldn't say requirement, his, his financial recommendation, which is, I'm going to let you keep 90% of my money. That sounds much better than you're going to give God 10%, okay? I want you to think about it that way. God is going to let you keep 90%. Now, again, if you have never given 10%, if you're afraid to give 10%, fine. So my challenge to you would be, Look at what percentage you do give to St. Dorothy's, whatever it is. Let's just say it's 1%. Okay, so tr start giving 2%. Start giving 2%. It's just a slight increase. And yes, if fi financially things are very bad for you, okay. Don't push it. Give 1.5%, whatever. Just do a slight increase and see if the Lord doesn't bless you. Just do that slight increase. And if he does, if things seem to start going a little better for you, then oh, okay, maybe I'll up it to 2%. And just slowly increase and see if you can get to 10%. Now, what's interesting about all of this teaching is that in the New Testament, there are no teachings about tithing, how much you should give. And there's an important reason for this. It doesn't mean because you, you don't have to give anymore. It means because in the New Testament, the expectation is you're going to give most of your money. Now, I'm not... There's no command on this. There's no teaching on this. But basically, that's the expectation in the New Testament. God has just given you everything, salvation. You owe him your very lives. I'm not asking for all your money. Just 10%. Just 10%. See, I'm being more generous. So, so just, again, for each of you, think about this. If you're married, speak, you know, communicate about this with your spouse. See what you can do. In the end, and I would say more of a virtuous way, put God to the test. Meaning, he says, if you tithe correctly, I will take care of you. Well, if he takes care of you, then you don't have to worry about yourself anymore because he will do the work. So test God's word. Work towards giving that, that tithe, that 10%. If you can give more, fine, give more. If you can't give 10%, fine, just give what you can give. But put God to the test and see whether his word is proved true. That when you strive to do his will, to follow his commands and teachings, that he doesn't reward you and bless you and help take care of all of your needs. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.